0: Our goal as a believer is to walk worthy of the calling which we've been called. We're called children of God. We're called saints. Uh, And the word saint literally means a holy one. So in reality, all of us in this room who know Jesus Christ as Savior, we're all saints. And, And that's how the Bible... Sometimes Paul will write to the church, to the saints at Philippi or something like that. And so all believers are called saints. Now... One of the goals is that uh, we, we, we're not to sin, but we do. We fall short of the glory of God, and sometimes we sin. Even when we try not to sin, we sin. In fact, when you think about two aspects of sin, there's two big aspects of sin. There's some that we just fall short. The Bible says we've all sinned and what? Come short of the glory of God. The word is harmatia, the Greek word, which actually means to miss the mark. It was used of a person shooting a bow and arrow, and he would shoot and he would go, Oh, harmatia, I missed the mark. And sometimes we sin because we just don't measure up. We might even be trying, and we don't measure up. But then there's another word for sin that means to cross the line. It's sometimes translated trans, transpass, trespass or transgress. And it means to to go over the line, and it's the idea of, of on purpose. And sometimes we know this things right and wrong, and we say, I'm going to do it anyway, right? And so sometimes when we sin, we just fall short. Sometimes when we sin, we just do it on purpose. Well, this morning, as we look at the aspects of of different types of prayers, we're going to look at the prayer of confession, and we'll see what that is, how it is. Uh, we've talked about this before in our studies. I think it's some really powerful truths that can help us as we go through it. So as we start, let's let's begin. Let's think about prayer Is just what? What is it? It's just talking to God. That's all it is. You can do this anytime. You don't have to have a prayer language, meaning that certain words and certain things. I mean, we've all heard people pray, and and it seems like in a public prayer, sometimes people, they sound like, first of all, they're talking in King James English. I don't know why they want to pray in King James English or some other things, but it's just what it boils down to is just talk to God. We saw last time, or we began looking last time, that the different types of prayers found in the Bible, and there are at least five different words for prayer. That's what we saw last time. Of course, the last time we had our our party, but, but last week we had our party, but the last time we saw that, and the five words, or the five different types of prayers, are petition, worship, intercession, thanksgiving, confession, and the word petition means to ask for something for yourself. The word worship actually has the idea of, of bringing glory to God or worshiping him or, or, or giving praise to him. And then intercession is asking for somebody else. Thanksgiving is to thank him. And, of course, confession is to tell on yourself. And so that's the five words. And we last time that we looked at this, we actually got the first three. And and there's a lot there, but we, we saw the first three. Today, we're going to get a really brief review on those first three, and then we'll get into thanksgiving and confession. And so there's a lot of good things there. Let's talk about petition. Petition actually means to ask for something for ourselves. Philippians 4, 6, Be anxious for nothing but everything but prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request. The word request there is the word for petition. It's the word that says, I'm asking something for myself. How many of you today ask God for something for yourself? I did. I did. Some of you didn't. Most of you didn't. Man, I'm asking all the time for stuff, right? All right. But anyway, that's what this word is. And we do it. We do it all the time. We can say, oh, Lord, please help me on this. Oh, Lord, do this. Oh, help find me a parking place. Oh, Lord, do this. I mean, I'm just, you know, but that's, that's true, you know, okay. So we pray. We should be praying to him all the time, right? And asking him for things. The second word is the word for prayer. And it means, it's the general word, which actually means worship. It has the idea of, of, of saying to God who he is. We, it's the idea of bow down. It, it's coming to God, not necessarily asking for something at all, but recognizing who he is. And sometimes when you read the Psalms, and one of the Psalms, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how majestic is your name. Oh, Lord, we give you all the praise and glory. Oh. And what you're doing is you're praising him. And so when you talk to him and you say, Lord, you're the greatest, you you, you, you take care of us, you love us beyond what we could imagine, you do things, this and this. And what you're doing, you are you are almighty God, you're eternal, you, you work everything according to the counsel. What you're doing is praising him. And so you can come to God anytime, any place, anywhere, and you can just lift up your praise and adoration to him. And that's the idea of worship. Then the third one was the word intercession, which actually means to ask for somebody else. Now, we do that all the time too. And, you know, I asked y'all several weeks ago if y'all would, if you'd think about it on a Sunday morning, if you'd pray for me. Pray for me. On the, but when you get up and you get ready to come to church, say, oh, okay, I'm going to pray for JB, that you know, he'll be able to teach the Bible, it'll come out clearly, we'll understand it, those kind of things. Uh, just pray that God will use me for his glory. That's intercession. So you're praying for me. Sometimes some of you come up to me and say, would you pray for this? And I go, sure. That's the intercession. I, one of the things I do, and this is one of the things I've told you all, get you a little book, get you a little notebook, get you, take, take your phone, get to one of those things that are just like blanks. You can put in things. And if somebody said, Will you pray for me something's happening next Tuesday, say, I sure will, put it in there. And then if you have to write it down somewhere else, so if you can remember to look at it on your phone, if you can bring it up, but pray for other people. We do that all the time. So in the New Testament, if you remember, Peter was in prison, and it said prayer was made on behalf of Peter that God might deliver him. That was the plan. And then God did sent an angel, got Peter out of prison, got him all the way out, and took him back to the place where, where everybody was praying. So when we can come to God, we can ask for ourselves, we can worship him, we can ask for others. Well, last week, I think we, or last time, I think we just barely even touched on this one, but this is thanksgiving. And literally, of course, it means giving thanks. Being thankful to God for who he is, all he is, what he's done, all of those things. Let me show you one. This is um this is Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2. And at, verse, at the beginning of a lot of Psalms, the way the, the Hebrew Bible was put, there's a little uh, information that actually is the first. In the Hebrew Bible, it's the first verse. In, in English Bible, it's not, it's not necessarily part of the first verse. But in this one, it says, for the choir director, it's on, on the instrument, a Psalm of David, and it goes on and it says, I will what? Give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders, uh, of your. I will be glad and exalted. He's doing two things there. What's he doing in that prayer? Giving thanks and doing what? Praise and worship him. Yeah. I will sing praise to your name almost. Out. But he starts off by saying, "I will give thanks to the Lord." And by the way, okay, you know this, but L O R D, all capitals. What does that mean? Anybody know? Anybody know what that means? That's the personal name of God. That's YHWH in Hebrew. That's the name of God, his personal name. We call it Yahweh, but it's YHWH. He's, I will give thanks to the Lord. Okay? So pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. He starts off by thanking him. We, could, we can come to God. Listen, you, we could, every day you wake up, every moment when you wake up, you should say, thank you, Lord, for letting me live another day. Right? That's right, because he, you know, he didn't have to. He didn't have to let us live another day. I mean, think about it. How often does God answer our requests, our petitions, and we forget to thank him? Probably a lot, because we say, oh, Lord, do that, and he does it. We don't even think about it. We, we forget to go, oh, yeah, by the way, thank you for doing that. We forget to thank him for all he has done. Think about it. He protects us. He provides for us. I mean, any of us gone hungry? None of us have gone. So he's provided everything, hasn't he? And doesn't he protect us? He'll never leave us or forsake us. What should we fear? Does he empower us? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Does anybody in here have the power of the Holy Spirit inside you and whether you use it or not? That's, but we do, right? We, should we thank him for that? How about the word of God? Should we go, thank you, Lord, that you have preserved for us the written revelation? We, we could thank him for everything. And so when we, when we start thinking about thanks, thanks, you could say, well, gosh, I could spend all my prayers thanking him. We could you could spend all your prayers worshiping him too, couldn't you? I mean, you could put it together like David did in that Psalm 9. I mean, that's what, that's what we see. So think about it. So here's what we see about it. Thanksgiving is a gracious acknowledgement of the fact that God has, in his grace, mercy and love done something for us. Oh. And, and if I said to you, get out a piece of paper and write down all the things that you could thank God for, we'd say, okay, that's the rest of the day, right? The rest of the day, we'll spend time just thinking, okay, you did this, you've done this, you gave me this, you did this. You'd be page after page after page. So we want to thank Him. Now, when we think about the the thanksgiving... And this is where I want to go into a little bit more detail. There are two aspects, I think, of being thankful, and you'll see it, two aspects of thanksgiving and prayers. Number one is it's without ceasing. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything do what? What does it say? Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. He says in everything... Give thanks. And the word without ceasing, we know means a, a cough. It has that idea of you you're continually doing it. Now you could say to yourself, there's no way I could continually be praying to God. Well, as you, thank you, Lord, for your, you know, for the parking space. Thank you, Lord, that you know I made it to that thing. Thank you for this, for this, thank you for the mail I got today. Thank You, you could be thanking him all the time, right? Thank him without ceasing. You pray without ceasing because in our minds, we're sitting, we're in the car driving. You could be talking to him and thanking him and it's all the time. And so First Thessalonians says, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks. And so thanksgiving. And uh, so it's ongoing. But then the second thing, if you noticed in that verse, it's in everything. It didn't say for everything. Oh, thank you for the flat tire. No, thank you in the fact that I have a flat tire, and I know you'll provide. <laughs> I mean, there's two different ways. You know, you don't thank him for, for something really bad necessarily, but you thank him in those sort of things. Huh? Thank you for, tri- and then thank him for AAA or whatever. In everything, give thanks. And it's hard sometimes. It doesn't say for everything, give thanks. He says in everything. Whatever situation we're in, we can be thankful. We can trust him. And, and uh, we can just say the Lord, Lord, I, I just have to trust you. That's why the Philippians 4, 6 and 7, he says, Be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer, worship, supplication, intercession, with thanksgiving. That's the verse, Philippians 4, 6, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So even when you pray the other prayers, if you said, if if I said I'm going to pray for Susie, I, that's intercession, right? But I could say this, Lord, thank you that I can bring any prayer request to you about Susie. About right, I'm thanking Him at the same time I'm making my intercession. Or I could say, thank you, Lord, that you always hear me, and here's my request. Okay, that's my petition, but I'm thanking Him again. That's why He says, with prayer and so, and when we when we praise Him, we say. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God who loves us beyond what we could imagine. That's thanks and worship at the same time. So the idea of thanks really goes in all aspects. What about when you sin and you confess your sin? Could you say, thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and just to forgive and cleanse? We'll get to that one in just a minute. So thanksgiving is actually probably a part of every prayer you make. That's why this one says, Be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And if you read the, the passage over in, in, uh, in Timothy, and he says, I urge that entreaties, petitions, prayers, and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all people. So I don't think we're thankful enough, right? When you're thankful, let me tell you what happens when you become thankful you become generous. And when you become generous, you become more thankful. And then when you become more thankful, you become more generous. And Because you realize that everything you have is from God, and God is so great, and he's giving you much more than you ever could even imagine. And so you're not, you're not holding on to everything. You're just saying, well, thank you, Lord, for that. I, just, I give that away. I do, thank you, Lord, for that. Here, take this. Because you know, what is he going to do? He's just going to provide every need that you have. That's what he does. And so we can thank him. So what have we seen? And let me look at the time. of that clock's not exactly right. But here we go. So four ways so far. Petition, worship, intercession, thanksgiving. I think thanksgiving goes with all of them. And then here's the last one. Confession. Uh, how many of us need to confess sin? So we ought to look at this one, right? Confession is 1 John one nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's one of my favorite verses in the sense because it is so much more than it appears when you first look at it. We've talked about this a lot of times, so most everybody in this room knows what we're going to say when we talk about this one. But it is so deep. There's so much there. It starts off by saying... If we confess our sins. And we're going to talk about confession in just a second, but the word if there is a third class if in Greek. First class if means if and is true. Second class if means if and is not true. Third class if if maybe, maybe not. Sort of like our if. You know, if it doesn't rain, we'll do this. Well, you don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Well, this is the third class if in Greek, and this says if we confess our sins, we may or may not confess our sins. It's up to us, right? If when you have sins in your life, you may or may not confess them. If you confess them, you're in fellowship. If you don't confess them, you're what? Out of fellowship. What you want to be? A lot of times people go a long time being out of fellowship. So if we confess our sins. Now the word confess is a great word because it's homo legaeo, Homo. Homo means same. Legeo means to speak. Homologeo means to say the same thing. Confession is you say the same thing God would say. So it says, if you confess, if we confess, if we tell on ourselves, if we say the same thing God would say, what we actually say is, Lord, lying, I, 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 I lied is wrong. I know it. I cheated. I, I, that's, what we're, that's what confession is. We're basically telling ourselves. I told you all the thing. I, I wanted to bring it. I, I started to find it. I couldn't find it. But it's Dennis the Menace. Everybody knows Dennis. And he's at his bed. And he's like this. And he's going to bed. And he's doing his prayers before he goes to bed. And he says to God, I'm here to turn myself in. You know? <laughs> and that's what we do when we confess our sins. We're here to turn ourselves in. we go, I, well, I've sinned. I was wrong. And by the way, sin ultimately is against God. We may sin against a person, but as David said in Psalm 51, against you and you only have I sinned. Because ultimate sin goes back to God. Because we're going against his moral value aspect. That's what we've been seeing on Sunday morning in, in when we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And so, notice this verse. I love it. He says, if we confess our sins, if maybe we will, maybe we won't, if we tell on ourselves, He is what? Faithful and righteous, or just to do what? Two things. You may not see them. To forgive us all our sins and something else and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he does two things. He's faithful and just. Confess means to tell on yourself. He's faithful and just. He's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. Now, here's the question. So here's this perfect, righteous God, right? And you sin against him, right? And you say, okay, I'm going to confess my sin, and he's faithful and just to forgive us. What's what's the basis he could forgive you? Because he's paid it all. He's already paid for every sin. Everybody, let's pretend we, let's, we all have a record book, am I right? Of all your sins, right? There's the record book. It says JB and it says JB's sins. It's page after page after page. It, but if you actually said pull out JB's record book of sins and you open it up, guess what? There's not a sin on there. In fact, you could go, well, I know that's not right. Anyway, so you could start looking and looking and looking. In fact, what you'd find on that record book, it says, J.B. is perfectly righteous. Because the moment when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he took all my sins and yours, and he took them off my record book, and he put them on his, and he paid the penalty. The wages of sin is Jesus Christ died and rose again. Okay, so how many sins do I have? Zero. But I'm not righteous until I believe in Christ. Having been justified by faith, I have peace with God. But to him who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited for righteousness. That's how I get righteousness. Righteous. Yeah, say uh, Okay, we'll get, uh, we'll get to it. That's a great question. We're going we're gonna to see in just a second. She says, what if you can't remember all your sins? Because (laughs) I know Susie can't remember all her sins. Let me just tell you, she's right about that. That's why she brought it up. But the truth is, can any of you remember everything you do wrong, every bad thought you've had? Let's say today, I mean, what what if, did you have maybe a couple of, I mean, no Tell him what happened on the way. You get there and you can't remember everything, right? There's no possible way. So what do we do? He says, listen, he's faithful and just to do what? Forgive us and to cleanse us. He is faithful and just to do what he says. That's to forgive and to cleanse. Now, you'd say, okay, but I I, I said I lied. But what I didn't remember is I had this really bad thought. Or I didn't remember that I hated somebody. I I thought of somebody and I hated them. And I didn't remember that. And so I don't remember that. I don't remember the bad thought that I had. I do remember that I lied and I told God that I lied. So what's going to happen? Well... Let me just say this, that if you notice the verse, and I'm going to come back to this in a minute, but, but uh, in First John, let me go back to the verse right here so we can all see it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous, faithful and just to forgive us our what? Sins we what? Confess, right? We confess our sins. Let's say it's five of them we remembered, but we did 50, okay? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Which sins. The, the the ones we confess, right? And to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. Not just the ones, not just the ones you remember, but all unrighteousness. See, God is so great that when you confess your sins and you come back to him and you say, Lord, I lied, I did this, I did this, I did this. He knows our frame, Psalm 103, that we're just dust. He knows we can't remember everything. And so what God does, because He's so great, is when you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you the sins that you acknowledge and then to also cleanse you from what? Anything that you can't even remember. Yeah. Question? You have a fellowship. Yes. Or whatever. Yeah, that's right. It's not retroactive that way. She said, what well, we do, start the day and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to send the day, take care of them. Thank you very much. Now, He's But it is true that the moment you sin, you're out of fellowship. And the moment you confess your sins, you're back in the fellowship because He forgives you. We're going to talk about forgiveness in just a second. But it is true that uh, as we go through the day, sometimes we don't even realize we're out of fellowship. Sometimes we do. But the idea is that any time you recognize a sin, confess it right then because that takes care of the ones that you might have forgotten. Okay, so great, great point. Now, let me, let me remind you of something. When we confess our sins, when we tell on ourselves... He's faithful and just to forgive us and all that. Faithful to do what he says, forgive and cleanse. When we confess, we are forgiven. Now, that brings us to a point because I've had people come to me and they say, I thought when you believe in Jesus Christ as Savior, you receive the forgiveness of sins. You do. Acts 10.43 and Acts 13.38. Whoever believes in him receives the forgiveness of sins. So I want you to understand something. When we trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, we have forgiveness of all sin Past, present, and future, and that deals with our relationship with God. Can our relationship with God ever be changed? Once we trust Christ, are you a child of God? Are you holy? Do you have righteousness? Are you placed in Christ? Can anything ever change that? So in your relationship with God, you have forgiveness of sins. But what about your fellowship with God? When you sin as a Christian, do you get out of fellowship? Yeah. Do you need forgiveness to get back into fellowship? You do. So as believers, when we sin, we confess our sin, and we are forgiven, and that's fellowship. So it is true that there is a forgiveness of sins that happens the moment you believe, and that deals with your relationship with God, and it can never change, and you don't need forgiveness of sin in your relationship. But in your fellowship, whenever we sin, we come short of the glory of God. We're out of fellowship, and we, you know, we need to confess it and get back in. So to, he says to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, sometimes we don't understand it, but it is the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sin. When Jesus Christ, 1 John 1.7, that's right before 1 John 1, nine, he says that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So this is, this is some amazing truths for us. When you believe in Jesus Christ, all re- oh, let me say it this way, because this, this confuses people. They don't understand this. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid for the sins of who? Every human being. Does anyone have sin on their account? No, not, not, in, not on their, their position, their position before God. Nobody has sin on their account. Where is it? It's all on Jesus Christ. He's paid it all. Does that save a person because Jesus died on the cross to pay for the sins of the world? No, it doesn't. I've had people say, you're saved because Jesus died on the cross for you. No, you're not. You're saved because you put your faith in Christ. Righteousness, salvation, eternal life comes by faith. Payment of sin comes by what Jesus did. Salvation comes by faith. Does that make sense? You have to understand this. When Jesus died on the cross and paid for sin and rose again, he did that for every human being. Every human being's sins are paid for, and every human being has death conquered. That means every human being is going to live forever. Every human being, believers and unbelievers. Unbelievers will live forever, separated from God, called the second death. That's in the lake of fire. Every human being who's believed in Jesus Christ will live forever with Jesus Christ. That's called eternal life. So Jesus, because he died on the cross, he took the sin dead away, because he rose from the grave, he conquered death for every human being. That doesn't save anyone. He makes it possible that's why it says he's the savior of all men, especially those who believe. Because whoever believes in him has what? Eternal life and we're saved forever and forgiveness and, and whoever does, and righteousness. And whoever doesn't believe in him doesn't have life, righteousness, or forgiveness. So, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. So, it, does that make sense? Questions, anything? That, that's, pretty, that's pretty deep stuff. Okay, all right. Let me get over here so I can hear you. Yo, okay, you just did real good. She said if you get through the whole day and she's gone pretty good, and she thought she did pretty good without sinning, so to speak, she says to God, just in case, you know, I think I did pretty good, just in case, uh, I want to say, if I case I sin that I don't think about it, let me confess whatever that might be, and I'm back in the fellowship. Well, first of all, let me say it in a nice way, that if you think you did pretty good, that's called pride. You already sinned, you know? <laughs> let me just say this. I don't know of anybody that could go ahead. So let me just say this. You may... As you get ready to go to bed, you may have confessed everything you could think of. You're in fellowship. You may say, thank you, Lord, for a great day. And best I know, Lord, there's not any rebellion in me and at this point, and And if I can get to sleep, I'll probably be okay, right? Okay. <laughs> so you're right. There's nothing wrong with saying to Lord, Lord, I don't know. I, best I can tell, uh, I want to be in fellowship with you all the time. And the best I can tell, that there's not any sins in my life that I can think of right now. But just in case, Lord, just, you know, I just want to be with you. So there's nothing wrong with that. Huh? Or she could ask Woody. Woody would definitely tell her what sins <laughs> she did for the day. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got the list as he follows behind. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, well, let me look at the clock. Okay, we got got just a second. All right. So the types of prayer that we've been seeing is petition and worship and intercession and thanksgiving and confession. Uh, just think about all that. You can come and ask him anything you want to for yourself. You can come and just worship him anytime you want to. You can come and ask for anybody else anytime you want to. You can thank him for everything anytime you want to. Whenever you think that there's something that you might have done that, that maybe broke fellowship, because your relationship can't change. You have the forgiveness of sins forever in your relationship. It can't change. Now, there are people who have taught it forever, that if you do certain sins, you lose your salvation. You can't lose eternal life. If you could lose eternal life, it wasn't eternal life. It was life for a while. He didn't promise life for a while. He doesn't say, I'll give you life till you sin again. He says, I give you eternal life, and you shall never perish. So in your fellowship and your relationship with God, nothing could ever change. But in your fellowship with God, it can. And so we confess it and we can bring it to him anytime. So let me give you applications. Let's understand the different types of prayers. And we've talked about them, petition, worship, intercession, thanksgiving, confession. We've seen those. Think about it. And then let's take the time this week. And what you could do, this kind of be maybe uh, maybe a little unusual. But what if, what if like on Monday, you spent some time just, peti- just, r- Asking things for yourself. And then at another time, maybe Tuesday, you just spent the whole time worshiping him, who he is. And then maybe Wednesday, you spent the time uh, praying for somebody else. And then on Thursday, maybe you said, I'm just going to thank you for everything I can think of. And maybe on Friday, you know, you come to him, and, and as you've been doing all, all day long anyway, you confess him. But you can, you can do that. In fact, there's a, there's, there used to be a, an, uh, an acronym. There was a little deal a person would take a hand, and they would do those those five fingers, and they would say, when you, start to think, when you start to pray, you start with confession, and then you go to worship, and, and, and you have those five things. So you could think of your fingers and say, okay, I'm going to start with confession. I'm going to come to God and say, Lord, I, I want to be in fellowship with you as I pray, as I talk to you, and then you could worship him, and then you could be thankful, and then you could ask for something for your other people or for yourself. That's one way to do that. So maybe this week, highlight maybe one of the five for a particular day, and then maybe one day during the week, Of course, do all five. Most of the time when we pray, don't we do all five almost every time? I mean, I do. When I'm praying, I'm doing all five just about every time. So maybe.